Beautiful game described by two ugly gentlemen. Glory to Columbus! Who are probably sitting at a soccer bar near you. McBride's in the box. A hard cross. McBride scores! It's 3 0 United States! Welcome to Bone and Bean United. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am a very, very tired and distraught oh. Bean. Well, you have to be, I'm sure, because uh, you have had a week with little uh, baby Billy getting up and down mm-hmm. and then you also the night before we recorded this podcast stayed up to watch the u.s women's national team draw against the netherlands yeah which we're going to talk about in depth on the show today we will get into that clearly that's a big topic for us we'll get into that and some other world cup discussion uh i am salty about Lionel messi and i have to full disclosure i'm not quite sure why but we're going to try to work that out at some point because I just refuse to go to therapy, I guess, and this is the next. This is best your thing. therapy, I guess. So talking to me, just berating me. <laughs> I don't actually refuse to go to therapy, just for what it's worth. That was just a joke. I've actually been. It so far has not helped me with my messy issues, but we'll figure that out. Uh, Killing Mbappe turned down yeah. an insane amount of money. It yes. appears. So we'll we'll talk about that and other general soccer discussion. But uh, Beamer, I want to start with a highlight of a local team, if I can. Because we don't talk a lot of youth soccer. Why would we? We're not, it's not, you know, we don't follow youth soccer. I say this next calendar year, we devote our entire life of just doing this podcast revolving around (laughs) youth soccer. (laughs) Yeah, that won't be too hard. I can barely keep some of the names straight in the Premier League. And now I got to learn every league, boys and girls league in the city. You can do it. In the greater Columbus area? No, that's not happening. Um, But this message comes to us from Jeff uh, Budich. Budich, I'm going to say. Jeff, I'm sorry if I messed up your name. Uh, he sent me this message. He said, good day, T-Bone. I know you're a big football fan. Football like football. Local team Columbus United 2010 girls just won the U.S. Youth Soccer National Championship last week. How about that? Nice. Their final game was broadcast on ESPNU, and they won 2 to nothing. I also know you're a huge crew fan. On top of all the talent we have, we've even got a Haydick on our squad, or Haydick blood on our squad is what he said. Uh, we're still on high after an incredible run through state cup regionals and the national games in Orlando, 14 games, 11 shutouts, 41 goals wow. in 14 games and only three goals allowed. Would it be possible to get a shout out for these amazing girls? Of course it will. Jeff, thanks for the email on that. And uh, yeah, what a great accomplishment for that team. That's, I mean, I'm doing the math. My oldest was born in 2010, so she'll be 13 in September. So I'm mm-hmm. guessing this is U12 or U13, but great. Awesome job by them. Fantastic work. Anytime you bring home a national championship, something to celebrate, obviously. That's terrific. Would you say 41 goals in 41 goals 14 games? To like two and a half? Their food? goal differential was yeah. plus 38. <laughs> is that good? That is solid. We'll take that. I think, and that's not competing against just anyone. That's competing against state and national competition, regional. From you, from you growing up, so you're you're from you're from here. You're yeah, from, from Columbus. Born I'm not. I'm not from Central Ohio. I've been here now for was it 2023? I can't wait. I've been here for 11 years. Yeah, um, I can already see the impact in youth sports and like how much different it's been since I first started. You know, living here, going to Ohio State as a student, and now uh, what it is. From your perspective, how has the youth sports movement changed? Because I've really noticed it in the last decade or so with hockey. Like youth hockey is oh, yeah. now a gigantic yeah. thing with the Blue Jackets. And I always knew that the crew had like a really good academy and good 
kind of a good farm system, like good youth teams, good youth programs. Like your daughters are in it. I mean, they're yeah, playing. You're yeah. aware of youth sports and everything that is going on. I mean, how has that changed in your time since well, growing up here and now ballooning into what it is today? I'll tell you this. Like growing, living where I live up in Union County, Marysville area, that's that's an area where I would think when I was a kid, soccer would have been like, yeah, that's nice if, if you know, a few people want to play it, but we're not going to have a network, an organization, a thing like that. You fast forward. Now, again, I'm 40 years old, right? So we're talking man. 30 years ago. There probably weren't a, a ton of great options. But I know where I grew up in Columbus, there were, you know, rec soccer leagues and things like that. What you have now, mm-hmm. out in even where I am, Union County, let alone in Columbus, let alone in, you know, some of these other parts of, of central Ohio, you have ridiculous ODP level, like Olympic development program. That's what that means. Like you have that level of soccer programs and you have some tremendous feeder talent systems going there. In Union County alone, I mean, there are multiple rec leagues you can be involved in that take you up to high school. Then you've definitely got club level, and it's not just a club. It's the main club and then the, you know, the secondary club where you've got maybe not the elite of the elite, but they're also right there. I mean, yeah, there are pros and cons to the way youth soccer and youth sports are, right? There's a lot of payment that goes on. There's a lot of money that goes in. But – the amount of people who take an interest in dragging their kids around all over the state and all over the region, I know at least a handful of people just in my circle in Marysville who have kids playing in that elite level soccer. And and this is just one pocket of mm-hmm. our giant Central Ohio community. And Central Ohio is one of, you know, what is it, the 15th largest metro area? Yeah, it's gigantic. I'm, yeah, but I'm saying think how many more there are right. bigger than that. That's what's feeding what we have. That's, you know, when you talk about development of soccer in this country, that's what it needs to be. Now, there are pluses and minuses to that system. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's great to see that, you know, here in Columbus, that that is thriving. Uh, and it's good to know that because I do think this, as we transition talking about the Women's World Cup, you don't have the women being as dominant as they've been for years without a system in place that gets girls. And, you know, again, for the men's team, you got the same thing playing at the ages of 8, 9, 10 years old in right. an organized competitive system where they're learning how to play the game correct, Competitively correctly. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's – this bodes well, you know, as much for Central Ohio as it does for the future of women's soccer in this country, not to put too big of a point on it. But, yeah, I mean, if Central Ohio is booming for, you know, youth soccer, that's a good thing because you know you're going to have New York, Chicago, yeah. L.A., these big – Boston, these big places where people are. You're going to find a lot of people there. You need the – the next tier of markets like our size, Kansas City, those markets also need to have big, robust programs. So I'm glad for this. This is great to hear. Yeah, that's fantastic. And like I said, just kind of growing up in Dayton and knowing friends who were involved in youth systems like oh, that. It's already yeah. been a Cincinnati United Premier, like cup teams. like South, Dayton, Yeah, Southwest Ohio has Dayton, plenty of that too. Like gigantic. I think it's Mead, like the Mead tournament every yeah, I, year. I, I think that's – I know I've heard of big Dayton like, tournaments. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a massive one that goes on, and I'm sure that we have a few here in the state. But it's, it's good to hear that one of the teams right here in our own backyard did something at a national level. I think it's tremendous. Yeah, yeah. Really cool. and for sure. We have uh, Columbia. Columbus Eagles FC, like yeah. glad that we have that women's team here. If we ever got an NWSL team, I think that would be a big step as well. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to see, but yeah, we're, we're growing the game and that's what we love. Now, all that positivity out of the way, let's talk women's national team against Netherlands. Uh, they tie, tie that felt like a loss one-to-one. Um, I guess we could talk about how the game went because well, let's talk about the first 
45 minutes. Dude, that is one of – so I'm watching the game with my, as I mentioned, 13-year-old, yeah. almost 13-year-old, who is the only one that stayed up of the three. That's fine. Um, We got to a point in the first half where – because she, she's a – when nerves are high, she talks, <laughs> and I talk. Yeah. And that's, at one point, I had to look at her and say, we we both have to, like, calm down. Like, because we're – like, our, this is stressful. We're stressing each other out because mm-hmm. we're just talking and, and, like, yammering at the TV, and we're just just t- processing our thoughts verbally. It's what I obviously do for a living sometimes, but – I, it was it was some of the most nerve wracking soccer I've ever watched with this women's national team. It was truly bizarre to watch because that looked nothing like what I expected. Well, it was bad in the first twenty minutes of the game, and you give up the, <laughs> you give up the goal that went right through. I think the broadcaster was like, "Yeah, the worst part is it went right through the defense." I'm like, "Right through the defense? You went right through the midfield it before went, there that?" Was like, no, it was, yeah, it was just no resistance from midfield on. No, it was. No. I mean, I'm sitting there like, "Someone's going to step up here." Someone's, and then it, you had a couple people fall down. I mean, it. I'm telling you though, man, it was truly frustrating to watch that first half. That's that's one of the worst halves of soccer I have personally ever seen the women's team play. Yeah, and that's, uh, on yeah. that on that stage. On that Yeah, stage. well, I'm saying ever. Yeah. I mean, in all the games I've watched, yeah. you know, friendly, she believes cup, name your thing. Well, like, I've, I mean, you I've watched a, them play a lot a, of soccer. You a bad time to do it. Yeah. That's a really bad and time. And that's, yeah, not the, not the team you want to do that against, the team that played you in the finals last go-around, mm-hmm. the team that is obviously still very talented. But, yeah, that, that first half was rough. And so, obviously, my hopes were that in the second half, they would make adjustments, they would do something in the midfield to, Shore things up a little bit, get some possession. You have a bench. Yeah, you do. And I mean, thankfully, there was no waiting around at first because Rose Lavelle comes right in at halftime. Yeah. And that was a needed, yes, had to happen. And it was good. She was available to play the entire 90, which I think in the grand scheme of things, as we move and kind of slither our way through the tournament, like that's, it's going to be a big deal that she was cleared for a full 90. Now, when that news came out, I'm like, I doubt she's going to get, maybe she'll get the start and she'll go 60. But they decided, you know what, we're going to bring her on at halftime. We're going to give her the full 45 minutes. Like, yeah. okay, all right, that sounds that sounds good. You're down 1-0. It's obviously like an advanced playmaker. She can do a whole lot of things with the ball on her foot and off the ball as well. But, yeah, they made that sub, thinking to myself, okay, step in the right direction. We'll see this. And then just nothing. 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 <laughs> nothing the no, rest of the no. game. You know, I was, I was mystified by the amount of possession – it felt like until about what was that? Maybe after they got the first goal. Oh, it was or like between th- like the seventy fifth and eighty sixth minute. Yeah, there was a ten minute stretch where yeah. suddenly the U.S. like woke up again and was like, "Oh, this is." I, I mean, I'm not saying you're going to win every game three goals to nothing or yeah. something like. Like I get that's not necessarily possible at this level. There are really talented teams. I was floored by how much they just stumbled over. Simple things. Yeah. Connecting three or four passes in a row. One at times. Yeah. Connecting one to two passes. Right. But then when they did connect those passes, how many did you see that were, I got to slow down and wait for this because it's not there. And then by the time I've slowed down, now everyone's moved. And now I go to make the next pass. And now someone's on the girl who was open. when I've the first... made a run. You passed to where I just was. Yeah. I mean, it was just a lot of that. A lot of ter- I, look. We're, we're hopeful for good things for her. I think she has still plenty of bright spots left to come in this tournament. But Trinity Rodman had yeah, a funny. ridiculous amount of first touches that just went awry. Like, they were they were not good, you know? And so she was not the only one. I'm just singling out, like, that's a, that's a player that you settle those first touches, nine times out of ten, 
she's going to have a much better game. She just, it, it seemed like little things like that, it was not as much tactically, although give the Netherlands credit, they did for sure realize we can have an advantage in midfield if we bring up a defender. And they kept doing that where no matter what it was, what if they were, you know, pushing forward, a defender comes up and adds to the midfield. If they were dropping back, one of their forwards would drop back into the midfield. And suddenly they had a, a numbers advantage every time in the midfield, it seemed like. And that overwhelmed the U.S. in the first half. I don't think Vladko Andonovsky made a lot of good changes. It was not a, it was not a good game plan. Not tactically sound for me. And, and what boggled my mind, I don't know if you watched after the game, and we'll get to the goals in a second, or the goal for the U.S., but after the game, he said, we dominated the match. No, and I'm like, no, wait, you, no, you didn't. You may have dominated like 12 minutes of that match. You, there's no way you dominated that match. Uh, I, I just don't, you could say, did we, you watch? We got better in the second half. Sure. You know, we, we found and we fought and we gritted out a point. Fine. That's a Greg Berhalter thing to say. Yeah. I, I honestly felt like I'm like, is this Greg Berhalter 2.0? Yeah. Like what's happening here? Don't. Don't tell me this was good. And uh, you know what? It also reminded me of Caleb Porter a lot of times did the same thing with the crew where I'm like, I, I know what I watched, man. This was not good. So, all right, we'll, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We will talk about the goal. We will talk about the physicality. We can talk a little bit about how Alexi Lawless should never be allowed near a microphone again. <laughs> and then eventually we'll work our way into Kylian Mbappe discussion and Lionel Messi discussion and much, much more. You're listening to Bone and Beam United. You can always tweet the program at Bone Beam United. So it's all, you know, coming down to this for the women. They play Portugal. When is the next game? Is that Tuesday? Tuesday at 3 a.m. So really it's Monday night, yeah. Tuesday morning at 3 a.m. Eastern, and it's, midnight Pacific. They beat Vietnam 2-0. Yep. So Portugal is on three points. United States, Netherlands are on four point. Vietnam is on no points. Yep. So you have you, to imagine that the Netherlands will take care of business against Vietnam. So they will yep. be on seven. You need. Right. If you want to win the group, yeah, it just advancing out of the group is clearly, I mean, that's the, Bottom, <laughs> I can't believe yes. we're here yeah. at that point, but yeah. yeah, you, you basically can play a zero, zero draw in advance and not have to worry about anything else. Right. So that's all you have to do. Um, you can lose pretty much. And well, no, no you if can't you lose. lose. No, you can't, no, you can't lose. Draw, right. draw or win. <laughs> okay. There we go. Math is hard, but in either case, that's Portugal. I don't, you play the best team in this group now, mm -hmm. I think. So my question is fitness with this team where you had all you had 10 of your 11 starters from this game go 90 plus and you had Rose go 45 who's getting back to fitness I'll tell you by the way if she wasn't fully fit they should have started her and let her just play 10 on 11 the rest of the time just yeah. so she could do free kicks because right. my god she is ridiculously good <laughs> yes, just in that in that sense her and obviously supply, her supplies are world well and, and you saw with Lindsay horn getting the goal yeah. off that and she mentioned it like rose's corner kick she dropped a dime and i was just lucky to be on the end of it mm -hmm. now let's talk about that sequence because truly and honestly that was one of the moments where i it i woke was, him up it woke him up a little bit well i mean again and i'm not like i said i'm not mr stars and stripes you know, all the time in all parts of my life but on that goal, I was like, USA. Like, I was just bald eagle all the way. Like, like right you, there. Netherlands. <laughs> Screw off, Dutch. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was, it was, was definitely a moment, right? I had a moment where I'm like, okay, we're we're excited now. This is going. This is this is big time. And, you know. I had a sleeping wife upstairs right above us and a sleeping child and a sleeping dog right next to me. 
And so mine was a little mute, but it was just kind of one of those like, yeah. like yo, yeah, it, you you felt it right. Oh yeah. After Vandedonk and her, who by the way, they're both tens in this game. They're they're going at each other the entire game, mm-hmm. and that foul that Vandedonk hit her leg, hit Lindsey Horn's leg, and it. I mean, when you saw the slow mo replay, it's like God, I can't believe you get up after that. Yeah. I just the physicality of soccer that people don't appreciate. Mm-hmm. Well, that, even late in the game with like the head injury, like when oh, Rose went head to head. Rose went head to head with with Vandedunk, right? Didn't she? Her? I thought yeah. she got. Cause I think she had the head wrap on after yeah, the game did. when they yeah. were when because her and Lindsey Horan got back together and, and talked more afterwards. Which, if you don't know, they both play for I believe it's Marseille in France, so they are teammates outside of this. So right after the game, doesn't matter. Well, no, but right after the game, they had their moment where they got together, they hugged, they're smiling and they're talking, and they I'm sure discussed what happened. But in the moment, mm-hmm. you saw that it's almost like of all the people you did this, what the hell are you doing to me? Like, that's the foul you're going to put on me? It reminds me of the 06 World Cup or 02 Men's World Cup when England were taking on Portugal and uh, good old Wayne Rooney and Cristiano Ronaldo met and Wayne stomped on crotch of one Cristiano Ronaldo. It's like those two are the best strike partnership in the world. Yeah. And you've got Wayne Rooney getting red carded for England at a World Cup. It's like, what are you going to How's this going to affect the, how's this affect the team moving yeah. forward? Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, man, our captain, I mean, she just fully goes there, right? Lindsey Horn just comes out of nowhere on that, on that header and knocks it home. And I, like, like you said, I had not felt like that where you're just like, God, it was, it's not just like, good. We got a goal. It's like, we got a goal. She got a goal right after this yeah. terrible foul. <laughs> yeah. Cause they, they had the free kick and it went out and then it was a corner, right? Yeah. Okay, so it was like immediately, almost after. immediately after, right? And so I mean, they're still they were jawing at each other and going back and forth, and the referees separating them. And Julie Ertz is over there trying to like, hey, come on, let's go. We gotta, you know, pushing and shoving. And Lindsey Horn's like, I know what I'm doing. I'm good. And then she, and then you could tell at one point the referee tries to bring Vandedonk back over, and Lindsey Horn's like, "Why should I apologize? She's the one who sucks, Michael Bolton. You know, like <laughs> off the space. It's just like, why, why should I change? She's the one who's awful. Don't get on to me. I'm staying in here. You're trying to play you in over here. We don't need peacemakers. We need to play this game. I need to score my goal. So that that was truly one of the coldest moments I've ever seen." For a U.S. national team or men's or women's, it was. Well, it was just. It goes. The moment was huge. This is immediate she, karma, like immediate. Oh. Like sometimes it takes days, yeah. months, years for the karma train to kind of catch up. And that one's like boom, bad foul, fiery. We're a little testy. Immediate goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it was truly an awesome thing to see and needed, obviously, in this game. Um, so I don't know if you have any other thoughts from. The play of the game, run of play. I just hope to God that that's their worst game that they play in. I mean, I mean sure, right? Awful. The first game wasn't necessarily the best I've ever seen them play either, but. Well, so here's here's the thing. The expectations with this team are so high. Yeah. And when they have a game like that, or when they have a 45 minutes like that, or even a 20-minute sequence at the very beginning, from minute number one to minute number 20, where they allow the Dutch to get a goal, they can't string a pass together, they're bobbling over their own feet, the miscommunication is apparent. I think with probably any other team in the world, like let's say that we were we were Dutch and we're watching that game. Right. You know, like it's like, okay, we played a really good 20 minutes and, you know, this team is solid. I know that the Netherlands are probably thrilled to get a point after this. You can kind of see them at the very end of the game. But the expectations are so high for this team, and that's why I think when the coach came out and said we dominated the game, man, 
I didn't see it. Do you realize what the expectations are? You know what I mean? Like, it's just such a, it's such a weird comment. It's such a weird comment because the expectations are what they are and you're back-to-back World Cup champions. And now you're going up against the team in the Netherlands who you know their play style. You're very familiar with them. And for you to come out there and say that after a clunker of a half, if anything, you should come out there and say, listen, we're not happy with the point. We got the point. It's okay. We can move on to decision day. Yada, yada, yada. Thing X, Y, Z. Doesn't matter. But to come out and say you dominated the game afterwards, like, I just. Yeah. It, 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 I don't get well, it. Well, and then, then we, then we, of course, right after that, go to the desk for the stunning commentary of one Alexi Lawless who, listen, I don't, we talked to her. She's a saint. She's a legend. I don't know how Carly Lloyd doesn't just reach over and deck him sometimes. Because, I mean, I just, comparatively, what those two people have accomplished in their careers, and then he gets asked to come on and commentate on this game, and his, again, he's not analyzing other countries he may not be as familiar with. He is analyzing the team he should be the most familiar with in this entire tournament. And his big statement he has after Lotko Andonofsky says, we thought we dominated the game. He says about the substitutions, does Alexi Lawless? Well, the fact he only subbed one person and tells me he doesn't think they have a lot on their bench. He didn't think there was anybody on the bench who could help them in this moment. Thanks, Alexi. Yeah, I got that too. And I think what would be maybe, I don't know, analysis at this point would be for you to say, is that logical? Given how deep the U.S. team is right. against almost every other roster in the world, and especially, you know, England's had some injuries. U.S. has had theirs too. Probably U.S. and England have the two deepest rosters here at this tournament. Australia's certainly in the mix. Netherlands are good. But you get past their first 11, it drops off. Yeah. And I, the idea that Alexi Lawless's brilliant analysis right after the coach says, yeah, I thought we dominated the game, is not to be like, excuse me, what the hell are you talking about? And also... Name me two or three other players, Alexi, that should have come in there that could have affected the game. And if you don't think that, then defend his decision. Instead, he just goes, well, you didn't think you had anybody on the bench? Well, yeah, I got that. That's why he said what he said. That's why he did what he did. Mm-hmm. Tell me whether that's good or bad. He has no opinion and he sucks. And I I don't know why we keep bringing his dumb ass out here to watch these stupid games and not tell us anything. Man, sounds like he's about to have uh, just like pass out every time he talks. You ever heard how he does that now where he gets like, oh, well, uh, 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 I just, uh, uh. just Doug Gottlieb in himself all to death over here. What the hell is this? Why is this guy on the desk? You have a million broadcasters who can do this better than him. You have you have dozens of women who can do this better than him. I say we played. Bring, bring back Tom Rinaldi. Put Tom Rinaldi on the desk. <laughs> Again, I'm I, whatever, man, U.S. soccer will be in year 2075. Alexi Lawless will be 115 years old and they'll still be wheeling him out to give terrible takes. Cry baby millionaire. Uh, That's what uh, they are. I don't need to hear from you, Alexi, but I especially don't need to hear about it on the women's side where I know, you know, no more than I do or Bean does about this stuff. Actually, we know more because we're paying more attention than you. Clearly, if this is, I don't know how he knows so little about this team. He's there. You're watching every game live. It's <sighs> three o'clock in the morning our time. Oh, not last night's game, but all the other games. No, but I'm just, I'm just saying, it, I, I don't get it. I so anyway, Alexi Lawless sucks. Uh, you know what, Jordan Angeli, who has been doing coverage yeah. for CBS, it's I know she Jordan doesn't work there. for Fox, but yeah. Fox should pay all the money to hire her away and and never let him on the desk again. She should be over there because she can break this stuff down a million times better than Alexi Lawless. She can break down anything. I'd rather hear her on the men's broadcast than Alexi Lawless too, for whatever it's worth. I just, 
It's ridiculous to me. All right. Uh, did I say enough about that? Did I rant enough? You're about- also very pissed off at Lionel Messi if that is going <laughs> to calm you down. I don't know if I'm. Yeah, I don't. I, you know what? That is a complicated thing because I don't know that I'm necessarily mad at him. I'm mad at some things around him and I need to, I need to process that. Do you think we could take a whole segment and try to work this out? Yes. Okay. All right. We'll talk. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We will talk about Lionel Messi's debut in MLS and how if you've uh, never watched MLS before, you now have carte blanche to come tell 20-year MLS fans what is good and bad about their league. That's fun. I love getting lectured by people who don't give two craps about the league. Anyway, we'll talk about that next. You're listening to Bone and Beam United. As always, you can tweet us, uh, maybe tweet us your love of Alexi Lawless at Bone Beam United on Twitter. Maybe you are Alexi Lawless and you'd like to tweet. We're uh, probably, actually, we're probably blocked from him. I hope so. That's actually a big thing. When I find out I've been blocked by some people that I already didn't like, it's a real thrill. I'll tell you what's great is when you just proactively block people. Like oh, a yeah. Preemptive block. I have and the done off that. chance that. Alexi Lawless ever stumbles into our podcast. Mm-hmm. He's like, why is why have these guys blocked me? I did that many years ago with Dora the Explorer on Twitter because I just did not like that show. Not the show is fine for kids. It's just hearing Dora the Explorer yell. Every every character on that show screams <laughs> at you. Swiper, what are you doing? I'm swiping. Yeah. Like I just it's it's not it's just why scream it? Because I just don't need that volume. So I just went and blocked them on Twitter because I was like, I know this does nothing. They're never going to follow me. I just wanted to get – it was cathartic. I have issues. Can't tell. Yeah, seriously. Let's, let's delve into that uh, with this Lionel Messi coming to MLS thing. Mm-hmm. So we've had two League's Cup matches where MLS uh, has been blessed with the services of Lionel Messi. Um, so one of, one of those games, he subbed in in the, what, 60th minute? And he was trash. He yeah he he, he was I, wa- I was watching he, wa- he was wasn't watching. he wasn't fully up to speed he yet. wasn't messified yet who did they play what uh, what was the Mexican team they, they played, played? Uh, Cruz, Azul. Cruz Azul Cruz Azul right yeah. so plays Cruz Azul they're tied up what is that 90th 89th minute yeah, somewhere in that range the, right at the death yeah or maybe it was stoppage time yeah and he gets a free kick right like, at, I mean 20, 20 yards out 23 yards away. yeah and does what. Lionel Messi should do, yeah. right? I mean, he's he's an incredible soccer player. He is the greatest soccer player I've personally ever seen. So the women's team was playing uh, in their opener at that time against Vietnam. So yes. we had that on the big board or on the big screen. And then Mike Bennett was over at her house and he was like, let's watch, uh, let's watch the Messi thing. So we had an iPad up and we're also like, Kind of, we've got the messy yeah, thing Because Mike Bennett hates women. I understand what you're saying. Perfect. <laughs> and Yeah, correct. You can attribute that to him. <laughs> and so we're watching that. We got that on the iPad. We got the women's team on the TV. And he goes, oh, bro, Messi's coming in. He's going to score. I'm like, okay, when do you think he's going to score? I'm like, I'll bet you $20 he doesn't score in the first 10 minutes. He's like, he's going to score a hat trick in the first 10 minutes. I'm okay. like, I'll bet you $20 he doesn't score in the first 10 minutes that he's on. Yeah. Comes on. It's just like walking around, <laughs> not giving like 100% no, effort. Just getting acquainted, and right? Like, look at your boy out there doing a really good job. It obviously doesn't score in the first 10 minutes. And fast forward. So I'm I'm up $20 on him. And then he's settling over the free kick. I'm like, I guarantee he scores this. He goes, double down on your bet. I said, fine. I, that's, I'm up 20 bucks. If I walk out with nothing, doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. losing money. 
and he dunks it. That <laughs> yeah, was and he's had to be one of your best gambling moments of all time. It was. It was pretty good. So I was up. I was up forty dollars on the day. I was feeling good, but everyone's like, "All right, that's why. That's why he's here." And then you fast forward to the game that they just played against Atlanta, and he scored two goals in the first twenty-two minutes, and everybody was collectively losing their mind, including you, but in the opposite direction. Well, right. So here's what happened. So. That first game, I tweeted out because the women's game's going on at the same time. And I'm like, if you're watching this messy MLS cash grab over the actual World Cup, then I can't help you. And I did get a bunch of pushback on that from people like, I'm watching both. And it's like, well, okay, again, I said if you're watching this instead of. If you're watching both, then whatever. I let you live. But, it, you know, if you're like, yeah, I'll watch this glorified exhibition that doesn't matter to any. Yeah. It's literally the first game of that tournament for Inter-Miami. The, of the first year of that tournament's existence. Like, we don't even... This there's, is history. They've, never crowned, history. they've never crowned a champion. So the trophy you're winning is still being hammered out of whatever tin, whatever they make it out of. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's not like you're going for the World Cup here. You're going... Or, or Champions League. You're going for something that MLS made up to make a little more cash and apparently tell you their regular season doesn't matter. So we're watching this. And, of course, I see on Twitter... That I ever always oh, in, and I see LeBron's there, and I see you know Venus Williams is there, and who? What other celebrity? Well, Beckham, Kim, Kim they're, K. They're showing Beckham and Kim Kardashian. That's what I was thinking of, and I'm like, oh well, yeah, it makes sense because this is what it is, right? Messi's going to attract this big audience. That's that's good, I guess. But in, but it, there's a part of me that's like, because I started seeing all these soccer people that I respect and that I enjoy reading, that are like, listen, if you're an MLS fan. This moment, I don't know if you understand. Lionel Messi, pretty good. You're an MLS fan, so I got to speak slowly so you'll get it. But this guy is good at kicking the football around the pitch. You ever heard those words? And it's like, yeah, I got it. I know he's good. I told Chops this because Chops and I, if you don't listen to our regular radio show, Chops, Chops, big soccer guy. Chops is on Bishop and Friends. You should listen every day, 9 to noon, right here on The Fan. Uh, Chops came back to me and was like, you're pretty salty about that. Can you give me an explanation of like why? And I said, well, his wife is Jen is huge into Broadway shows. I said, if, if LeBron James jumped into Broadway, did a Broadway musical, and then that musical opened. And then a bunch of people who never watched Broadway started right afterwards going Broadway people. It's the best musical ever. You got to see it. You're dumb. If you don't watch it, it's like, Hang on a second. I'm. It may be great. Just you don't have to tell me what's good. I'm a Broadway fan. I know what's good and bad. I can judge this for myself. And as an MLS fan, I feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I will know if it's good or bad or not. So that's kind of festering within me. Then they play Atlanta. <laughs> An Atlanta team that I will remind you got run 6-1 to one by the crew without any of their stars. So that game happened. Now we're watching this game. Two minutes in, their midfield looks like it's it's in it's what is the middle of a tire look like? That's what their midfield looked like. Mm. Just empty and void and terrible. Smelling of burnt rubber, I guess, because they're getting torched left and right. So then and their back line is just abysmal. Brad Gazan's a million years old. So Lino Messi's doing Lino Messi things against air, basically. Having all the space to run. They're all like waiting for his autograph, hoping they can get his shirt after the game. They don't care. But the thing that bugged me was, and this is where again, people who don't watch MLS wouldn't know this and that's okay, but it's frustrating. You get belittled by those people when it comes to Messi. Atlanta goes down to nothing in this game. 
Atlanta is not the type of team that's going to go, let's park the bus and shut this down yeah. and hope we get out of here 2 nothing, 2-1, whatever. That's not their game. Their game is we may lose 4 to nothing, but we, the only way we're going to win this game is if we – or tie it is if we go 3-3, three, 4-4. Three, four, four, yeah. We have to make Attack. this a track meet. Yep. So they open up. They do not slow it down. And and Inter Miami just keeps pouring it on, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, Messi's just going to destroy the league." Maybe he will, but your barometer so far is an exhibition tournament that has featured no actual MLS games other than playing Atlanta, which is an MLS team playing in an exhibition tournament. They don't have probably a ton of hopes of winning. So let's gauge all that with a huge grain of salt. Is all I'm trying to say. Let's let's let him play a league game before we go out and say Lionel Messi is just going to destroy MLS. Seven months ago, we did a podcast recapping the World Cup final, and you were the biggest Messi fan on planet Earth. I still am. No, you're not. I you love hate Lionel him. Messi. No, you don't. I no, love you don't. Him. You don't like him being here. Just right. say it. Okay. Open it no. up and say it. You don't like right. him being here. You were mad at every non-soccer fan who has suddenly got interested in no, the game. No, no. You're gatekeeping. Oh, you this are a gatekeeper. Is, you know what? We do need to take a break because I got to address the gatekeeping you're thing. You're a Because you're right. I see how it could look that way, and I'm I'm going to defend myself on that. And also we will talk about a guy who is gatekeeped himself out of a billion dollars. <laughs> Do all that next. You're listening to Bone and Beam United. Now back to Bone and Beam United. You can uh, tweet the bitterest soccer host on the planet at Degenerate T-Bone. You can tweet Brandon at BrandonBeam971. Uh, you can tweet the show at Degenerate, or what, that, not that, at United. <laughs> Something I said. Anyway, all right. So more on this messy discussion. Because, Beam, you're right. I feel like you're maybe I am gatekeeping yeah, a little bit on this. Guy, man. Here's the thing. I want Messi, I, I want to watch Messi play in person like anybody does. I don't blame anybody going to these games. They want to see it. I don't blame you if you are Gotta tuning in to every game that he plays because you're like, well, now I get to see him play geographically closer to me in a different team's uniform. So that, again, like I watched him at PSG. I watched him play at Barcelona. I've watched him play for Argentina. I've watched a lot of games of his. Him playing in a pink uniform for Inter-Miami is not necessarily like, oh, now I'm interested. Yeah. It's just another part of his chapter. Yeah, when he plays the crew, I will be very interested in that, and obviously I'll be interested to see how he does in MLS. Are we all on the same page here, though, as MLS fans? That like, if he comes in and just scores fifty goals in the second half of this season, that's not ideal, right? Well, like, was it ideal for the Premier League when Erling Holland came in and bagged forty of them? Right. The Premier. The difference being, the Premier League does not get often maligned <laughs> yeah, no, no, as like, not why the do you even, league. you yeah. don't have a bunch of other fans from other leagues going, why do you even watch? It just sucks. Like <laughs> I'm saying for those of us who like MLS and you get people that are constantly just hammering you with like, Oh, you watch MLS. Yeah. My superior soccer watching abilities will not let me deign that league with any type of interest. So <laughs> I guess you must have been held back in school or something. But for those of us who have intelligence or whatever, we're going to, you know, it's like, come on. That that attitude, that smugness now being those those people coming and telling me that I should be excited about Messi scoring all these goals. That's my, I'm not gatekeeping from anyone who's like, I've never watched any soccer, but Messi's cool and he plays in Miami and I live in Miami or he's coming to Kansas City and I want to get a ticket. Is it the Good fact, for you. Is it the fact that people are telling you that this is a big deal? Like, yes. 
Yes, people that's hundred percent. Are people like telling you how to react from a league wide perspective? Is it's it, it's like is the, it that? It's it's that yet again. Like when Atlanta came into the league, when LAFC came into the league, when Chicago came into the league back in the nineties, it was always like, "Hey, this sucked before, but now we got Chicago playing at Soldier Field. That's good. Wow, now this league's going to be good." And then you know. A few years on, it's like, ah, I got to move Chicago out of there because we got to go out to Toyota Park and where the moms, all the soccer moms live in the suburbs. Let's go out to Bridgeview. That'll be now you got real soccer here. Yeah. And then that didn't work. And they're like, now I got to bring Chicago back to Soldier Field. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I've seen David Beckham came here and the same thing happened. Thierry Henry came here and the same people were like, okay, now you dopes will get to see what real soccer's like. Zlatan came here. Remember Zlatan hit that goal from midfield yeah. in his first game? The El Trafico, like, that was ridiculous. What I'm saying is, I know. I know everything you're telling me. I know Messi's good. I know it's exciting. Can you please stop screaming it at me from all corners of the internet at all times? Can I just can I just ease into this messy bath of whatever this is going to be instead of just having it? I feel like I'm getting cold plunged into Messi instead of just... Let me dip my feet in and enjoy. I will I will enjoy him as I need to. It's like, get in the ice water now! I'm Shock your system! Cold plunged into Messi. <laughs> yes, that's what it feels like. Just, I know what he, I know! Mm-hmm. I don't need to jump into the pool yet with, I got it. I'm asking for some restraint on the other side. That's all I'm saying. Eric, you know what? I'm going to go home. I'm going to do some homework. You need I'm to, talk find to Eric out. and find out if he is as salty about this as you are. Well, here's what I will say, too. And this is where I get. It does sound like I don't like the guy. I'm just saying this as a soccer fan. If the next team that plays Lionel Messi doesn't get off the bus and get a yellow card in the first five minutes of that game against him, you're doing it wrong. What the hell? are? Why are we letting this dude run roughshod over your midfield? Now, again, like I said, it's Atlanta. They don't have it's the midfield to do cup, it. Which is very stupid. It is very stupid. That's kind of my point is we're watching this guy play in a glorified weirdo goofball <laughs> cup that doesn't even matter. But... It will matter, of course, that he scores goals, and that's good to bring attention to the league. I just hope that eventually the league plays soccer against him. Like, instead of having a glorified, oh, my God, thank you for being here. Here, please waltz into the 18 and then do stuff to us. Like, I don't understand why that, why there's not been more resistance. So, it's it's one game against an MLS team. It was Atlanta, who's not the best team to show. Still, let's hope, for the sake of MLS's own, I don't know, pride, of playing that they do something the next time he plays and actually try to be physical with him like they do with everybody else. In so this you're league. wishing injury on him then I'm wishing them to play soccer. Every team that's ever played him has been physical with him. That's the point. And sure. You might draw a million fouls. You might get a yellow card. You might get some free kicks. Don't foul him outside of the 18 foul him like at midfield mm-hmm. a bunch of times. Like Before if you all he the- turns. Yeah. You know how Cucho gets hit every game. You know how yeah. Lucas El Real gets hammered. Do that to him for a half, and then I'm sure he'll be fine. He's the best player in the world. I'm sure he'll respond. But at least make it tough on him. That's all I'm saying. We didn't get to killing Mbappe, but do you have the number? How much? Two hundred and thirty-two. It was two hundred thirty-two million or three hundred thirty-two million, whatever was the offer from a Saudi Arabian club to pay PSG, and then reports of his actual contract and what he was going to make was that he turned down. It reported. I don't know if this number is true. But ballpark estimation north of seven hundred million euros. Yeah, it's that is three quarters of a billion dollars that Dude, he turned for a year. For it was one a year. one year. It was a one year contract. They knew 
like he wants to go to Real, Real Madrid. Madrid. Yeah, they know he wants to go to Real Madrid next year. They the whole thing with PSG is they want him to sign long term. Real Madrid is calling at the end of this year when he goes on a free. He wants to go. I'm sure he'll play at PSG this year. They're like, if you are going to play here, we want it. We want you signed up. So they're trying to get him transferred if they can, so they can make money off of him. But this, <laughs> the the what is it called? The public investment fund. The PIF. Yeah, is is part of what is fueling some of this with Saudi Arabia. I'll say this, them coming into soccer in the mm. world of soccer, which is already super lucrative, man, but you saw what has happened with Newcastle with a, a Royal sure. fund attached to it. Obviously you see what happened to Manchester city. Uh, when you put that amount of money into the transfer pool, yeah. everybody else is like the equivalent of like a U 10 soccer player. And then their money is like Erling Holland. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, now go play that as if it's all normal. No one's operating under normal rules there. No. They can do whatever they want. Now, it's only up to Erling Holland, or Erling Holland, Kylian Mbappe to say, no, thanks. I don't want to do that. By the but, way, good on him for being like, nope, 700 mil, not worth enough. You're a stronger man than I, because I would not turn it's, that down. It's three quarters of a billion dollars. Yeah. I, it's truly, uh, truly shocking to see these numbers and truly shocking to see, hopefully, what we see out of this U.S. women's national team next time, more than what we saw against the Netherlands. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. You're listening to Bone and Beam United.